With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Women's Hockey Life Podcast. Welcome to the Women's Hockey Life Podcast, empowering women and girls in hockey. We'll be talking in-depth about what it really takes to be unstoppable on the ice and in life. We'll be looking at the mindset of the most successful women as they mastered the game and went on to even bigger successes in life because they mastered it. This podcast is brought to you by our friends over at the Hockey News and Sports Illustrated. Go to THN.com backslash deal to subscribe to their magazine today. Our guest today really needs no introduction, but I can't help myself. After graduating from Cushing Academy, she played her collegiate hockey with the Wisconsin Badgers, winning three NCAA national championships and was named the Patty Kazmaier Award winner in 2011. She has represented the United States in eight world championships and is a three-time Olympian, winning two silvers and a gold. She was the captain of the 2014-2018 U.S. Olympic teams. She's played in the CWHL, the NWHL, the PWHPA, and wherever she goes, she wins. She is literally a natural-born leader and just recently retired from the game. But I've touched on a few of the amazing accomplishments she has achieved in her young life to date. But one I would be remiss not to mention is adding mom to her bio. Mm-hmm. Welcoming their son, George, to the world in February of 2020, I have zero doubt, zero doubt that this woman will and is and continue to be an outstanding example to her son, just as she's been to the entire hockey community. Megan Duggan, it is an honor and a privilege to welcome you to the show. How are you doing? Wow, thank you. Thank you for the intro. Um, I'm doing great. And uh, I always get a big smile on my face when anyone mentions my son, George. So Thanks for that little shout out for him. Um, but no, I'm doing fantastic. And uh, it's great, great to join you today on the podcast. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to our discussion. Awesome. Awesome. So I got to start with the mom piece because that's still relatively new to me as well. I've, I've got four-year-old twins. But that whole transition, like you've gone through so many transitions in your life from Cushing Academy to, you know, basically from, from prep school to college, from college to the national team, to the Olympic team, um, you know, to winning SVs and throwing out first pitches at baseball games. Like you've done so many cool things that have like forced you to level up and, and step into like who you really are. And now we're adding this whole other dimension of being a mom. So how has your world changed since becoming a mom? Oh my gosh. There, there is nothing in my life that I have done that is as one fulfilling um, and amazing and wonderful, but also challenging and emotional and difficult um, as being a mom. It is 
I, I don't even know what my life was like before becoming a mom. It is the greatest, um, you know, it's the greatest blessing in the world. And I, I feel super thankful every single day when I look at George, he, um, he right now he's just making me laugh every day, which is so fun. Um, but I was just having a conversation with a friend recently who, who just um, had her first little girl. And I said, literally, like, it is the most difficult thing, but it is so rewarding. And I cannot believe, like, just the amount of love and empathy and connection I feel to all the women that have done it before. I, I like just want to raise up every woman in the world that has, you know, gone through labor and delivery or um, even adopted or um, and is just raising a tiny human, I think, and, and the men as well. But um, there's something about uh, delivering your child and bringing someone into the world that is just uh, is unique experience and um, shout out to all all the parents out there for sure. But seriously, like you, you don't understand it until you go through it. It's so cliche <laughs> yeah. in anything, right? But now that you have it's it's like you said you don't you don't remember your life before yeah like how could you not like you look at your list of accomplishments and what you've done and it's like this this is another and different challenge right like there's no manual for this did you I don't know I don't know if you read books or whatever but even if you did like zero manual (laughs) everything is so unique and different and I guess for for me like a big question is has the game of hockey taught you how to be a mom like, has it helped you to be a mom? Yeah, such a good question. I think um, it's, it's been really fun, actually, since I retired, a, you know, a couple of weeks ago now. The best part has been reflecting on my hockey career and, and not the list of accomplishments or the list of tournaments I've played in or things like that, but the experiences, the people, um, how it's changed me as a person. I mean, I was talking to a bunch of teammates through this reflection process and just I've, I've grown up through the sport. I've, I've discovered myself through the sport. I figured out who I am, what I want, what I'm made of. Um, you know, I met my wife through the sport. And so when I think about what hockey has meant to my life it's it's been my life it's completely shaped me um and challenged me and put me in a position to be the person that I am today so there's no doubt that things that I've learned through hockey that I've already translated into my everyday life or my relationships or my professional life um have certainly found their way into my life as a mom and um, you know, whether that's the teamwork that uh, it takes kind of, or the village that it takes to raise a, a you know, a child, but, um, you know, all, all sorts of different things, how to face challenges and adversity, um, but also, you know, joy and uh, being grateful, all those things I've learned through hockey and, and I'm definitely translating them into my, my mom life. I love that. I love that. Gotta, gotta ask, does George have a, a U.S. or a Canadian hockey jersey right now? Oh has, my has, one gosh. Been, has one been purchased, first of all? <laughs> we have both. Perfect. Um, yeah, we definitely decide, have both. Right? We've been a handful. There's people that are trying to get them to sway one way or the other. Um, I know you're, you're Canadian or part Canadian, right? I think, yeah, or fall, yeah. I, I can't remember. The but kids are American, so they've got both blood. So you'll like this one, but okay. So you'll like this one. We do have a personalized to George autographed Canadian Jersey from Sidney Crosby, which is special. Um, So that will be, uh, yeah, we lucked out on that one. I have to say I'm a huge Sid fan. So I even loved the Jersey, but George will know how how special that is uh, for them. But but yeah, he has his team USA Jersey and and gear ready to go. I love that. That's, that's awesome. He has no idea what that means today, but no clue. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. And he doesn't even understand who his parents are either. Like that's the other <laughs> cool thing where and I know you guys, both you and Julian, you're both humble and, and modest and down to earth, but like when he grows up and he goes to school and you, you do realize he's not going to be a hockey player and he's going to be into music or art or something completely not involved in, in the sports 100. world. Guys. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's good. Which is fine. Fine by us for sure. Right. Just follow your passion, George, whatever that is, your, your moms will be proud of you for sure. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. Let's go back and it can be as far back as youth hockey or Cushing or whenever this moment happened for you. And, and I love asking this question, especially to those who've made it to the collegiate level or the national level or the Olympic level of when did you realize, or when did you have that aha moment of one, I'm going to be a national player, but then two, I can and will be an Olympian one day. Like, were you truly like understood your talent and knew that you could go that far? Well, I guess I'll answer it in a two-part question uh, or two-part answer, excuse me. I, I don't know if when I was 10 years old, I, I understood that I could potentially go this far, but I certainly had an aha moment when I was about 10 or 11 years old, right after the Nagano games. Um, it was the first time ice hockey was in the Olympics. Um, I was a young kid who, who really, I mean, I had idolized Ray Bork and, um, you know, a handful of NHL players. I never saw an elite woman play hockey ever. I was the only girl I ever saw in every team I was on. So uh, this was the first time I was able to see elite women play this, this sport that I loved. So, you know, the U.S. wins gold. Um, those women are celebrated. I was able to, you know, stay up late or skip school to watch some of those games. My parents really allowed me to invest in it and it was wonderful and um so those women came back with their gold medals and um I had the opportunity to meet one of them Gretchen Ulian. um she uh, is actually I think a Connecticut was living in Massachusetts at the time she spoke at this event that I went to and um and I was able to put her medal on and her jersey on and um and it was transformative for me I mean that moment forward I, I knew um you know, I'm going to go to the Olympics. I am going to captain team USA to a gold medal. And, and I just built my life around it. So, you know, a few years after that, went to Cushing, went to Wisconsin and, and continued there. So that was definitely an aha moment for me at that point. Um, and then I would say, as I matured in my career a little bit, um, my, the first time I made a national team camp, I was invited to go to a camp. I was, you know, it was my freshman year at Wisconsin. Um, it was the winter training camp and, I was chosen to go to this camp and compete. You know, you leave the day after Christmas and you go to Lake Placid, but um, you know, I was going to be skating alongside Chrissy Wendell and Angela Ruggiero and Julie Chu, these women that I had idolized, um, you know, for the last 10 years of my life. So that was definitely uh, a moment for me as well that I thought, you know, you got your foot in the door, Megan, like, you know, turn it up. And, um, and there's no looking back now. Like you better make every camp and every team moving forward. And, and what gave you that drive or like the mindset, the work ethic, the perhaps unwavering belief in yourself to keep pushing no matter what obstacles you, you came upon? Like, did you, is it your parents? Was it, was it just look, looking at other, you know, Olympians ahead of you or teammates that you've had that, you know, you just kept going? no matter what obstacles you faced, whether it be concussions, injuries, um, you know, you, you just kept going. Like, where did that come from? 
definitely credit part of it to just like my upbringing and my personality um, and just just kind of who I am as a person and and who I was supported and allowed to be, um, you know, and, and I don't I don't like allowed to be. But I mean, my parents, they, they encouraged me. They gave me every opportunity. They, they and went to those 4 a.m. practices. I mean, they did everything to put me in a position to succeed and not in an overkill way. You know, I I was put in my place a lot by them. They were tough on me. Um, you know, I grew up in a family that valued, um, you know, work ethic and commitment and sacrifices. And, and, um, and so that was definitely ingrained in me from a age. And I think once I, you know, set my mind to that, and once I got that goal, um, and as I got further into my national team career, you know, I, I wanted to make the team and then I did, you know, I went to Vancouver and made the, the 2010 Olympic team. I was an Olympian. We took home silver and then it's, I want to win a gold medal. And to me, you know, wanting to win a gold medal in the Olympics was a goal of mine from when I was 11 years old. And I just achieved it two years ago. So it took 20 years and it took all of that, that grit and that sacrifice and that commitment, um, you know, that I learned from a young age, but it just kept building and building and building. Um, and that was kind of the driving force in the back of my mind and, and my team's mind, um, you know, over these last few years and something that, um, you know, as a team, we transformed to try to achieve that goal. And, um, just tried to continue to get better and change in the ways that we needed to me personally, or as a group, um, in order to achieve it. So let's talk about that. You've referenced this a couple of times being allowed to, or, you know, you, you grew up idolizing NHL players cause you didn't see anything else before the Nagano Olympics. And then as soon as you saw it, you believed it and you wanted to be that. So you were clearly a driving force behind the gender equality with USA hockey back in 2017 and that whole movement. Talk to me a little bit about that. Like when you guys met as a group, was it, was there any doubt about what you guys were doing? Like, or was it just, you guys just believed in this so much and I stood behind you guys and helped you and supported you in the ways we could, but like, how did that all come to be? Well, right off the bat, thank you. And I thank every, every woman or every, anyone out there that stood with us during that time, because it was a group effort and not just our team, not just our program, uh, but everyone that stood in our corner. And there were a lot that did, there were a lot that didn't. Um, and everyone that did stand in our corner and support us, uh, that was really important. So thank you. Um, when I think about that time, you, you know, you said, did everyone buy in and believe in the mission the whole time? I would, um, there was discussion um, about it all. And it was an ongoing discussion because there was fear. We were all scared at times, you know, we, we were all worried about, um, you know, it was a year before the Olympics, everyone's goal is to make an Olympic world championship team, you know, and we were putting all of that on the line. So it was scary. Um, but the biggest underlying factors in our team being able to do that, the unity, the communication, the trust, the honesty, the openness, um, you know, how we communicated with each other as players, how we communicated with our lawyers. Um, and this was something that we were passionate about. I mean, we worked on, we worked on that um, and we had discussions behind closed doors before it went public for over a year, almost a year and a half, two years. So um, it was something that we didn't just overnight wake up and decide, hey, we're gonna go public with, with this. We, we worked hard on it. We did our research. Um, you know, we knew what we were up against. We knew what we were worthy of. Um, and, you know, we, we stuck together and we came up with a plan and um, we put our passion and our love and our commitment behind it. 
Um, and uh, it was it was wonderful to see our group come together. And as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, everyone that supports standard and help kind of drive that. Absolutely. And the first thing, one of the first things you just said was fear, right? There was there was fear amongst all of you, not all, I shouldn't say all of you, but there was fear in the room of, okay, but maybe like, what if this doesn't happen? Or what if we lose a chance of going and playing in the Olympics or even playing in this world championship that we were boycotting to, to make our point, to stand up for ourselves and our rights and what we deserve. And I, I feel like that's so translative in just anybody trying to achieve a goal or a dream is that fear. Fear always creeps up. It's always going to mm-hmm. be, right? Like, hey, I want to I wanna make this competitive rep team or I want to play in college or I want to be a national team player. And But then there's the always fear of, well, what if I don't make it? What if it doesn't happen? So for you guys, like what, what was that tipping point to get maybe those that were more fearful on board to say, hey, this is worth the risk. This is mm-hmm. worth it. Like, were there conversations about that or was it just mob mentality and, and eventually everyone bought into leaders like yourself. Like I said in the intro, you're a natural born leader. Like you, when you believe in something, Megan, like it's easy to follow you because you have so much passion and commitment and drive and determination to make it happen. So people see that and they follow you. That's why you were the captain of the team, right? So was it, was it more that or just get on board or get off? No, I mean, and, and I appreciate that. And, and I've, I've, you know, I've been challenged in my leadership a lot. Um, I've grown in my leadership and, and learned a lot about myself and the type of leader I want to be. And, um, you know, and, and I've made a ton of mistakes and um, tried to learn in this particular instance, um, what was most important to, um, you know, myself and my teammates, especially the leaders that were kind of leading the charge on this was that every single person on our team, you know, U22 players, U18 players, their parents, college players, college coaches, anyone that wanted to know, had to make sure they understood why, why we were doing this, who it was for, why it was important, why we were passionate about it. And so, you know, I made phone calls. My teammates made thousands of phone calls. We called every single person that, and answered every question. And the gist of it was, you know, hey, this is Megan Duggan. Um, I, I'm sure you've heard, or if it was prior to it becoming public, this is what's going to happen. This is why. This is who it's for. This is why it's important. Do you have any questions? Do you want to talk through it? Do you have any reservations? You know, um, and at the end, I'd love for you to stand with us. But there was never any, you know, there was there was no forcing. I didn't do this or because that's, that's not, it was, it was a group effort. And for those that, that understood it, wanted to ask the questions, wanted to be a part of it. That was awesome. Um, and like I said, there were some that didn't, and that, that was totally fine. And that's, that's their decision. But the biggest thing for us, um, and I think the reason why we were able to turn that, you know, fear on occasion, um, and we were able to get over that, that what if was just the communication piece, you know, we constantly were communicating. I had teammates that would come to me, one teammate in particular, you know, a short story and she called me, she had just made her first world championship team, young kid was super excited to go to Michigan, you know, and she gets a call from us. Oh, by the way, you know, we're not going. And I'm like, that breaks my heart too. You know, she, she'd worked, worked her whole life to get there and she, you know, was asked to be on the team. So understood how difficult it was for us, for her. Um, you know, when her and I had a discussion, she said, Megs, you know, I'm, 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 I'm on board. I, I really want to do this. Um, I totally buy in and I totally get, I'm just, I'm scared. Like I really want to play. And, and I said, listen, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. I want to play too. And I said, I just need you to trust me. I need you to just trust me. You can ask all the questions that you want, but at the end of the day, I need you to just trust me and your other teammates, um, that, that this is the right thing to do. 
um, fast forward a few weeks after the, you know, the boycott, we ended up playing, we win in overtime, we're on the ice, we're getting our gold medals. And I see her celebrating with her dad and, you know, big hugs. And, and I said, Hey, you know, trust was huge. Like, are you glad that you just like trusted in the group? And she was, you know, and this player went on to make the Olympic team and win a medal. And um, so just, just a really cool, I'll never forget that. And um, you know, that's what it boiled down to was the trust. So again, I, I, I'm pumping your tires here, but like, I have to point these, these things out as well at the same time, because you, you just said like communication, trust, everything like that translates also into relationships and friendships and, and business and life and everything. Like you've got to trust, but in order to trust somebody, you got to be a good leader. And that gets back to, again, you being that good leader, like she trusted you enough to know, okay if I follow her and do what she's saying and what we're all about and join together as this, this unified team, like this is going to work, but it takes that trust. And, and, and Meg's like, I, I, I can't, I can't help myself. Like that speaks volumes to who you are. And, and you've been the shining example, not, not just in the women's hockey community, but in like the hockey community and, and what you've done for the game and the teammates that you've impacted, the people you've impacted has just been, it's been huge and I don't want to bring this up, but I'm going to bring it up. Going back to 2014 in, in Sochi, right? Olympics, that was a tough loss. That, that hurt. And you were captain of the team. How did you personally bounce back? And then how did you get the team to bounce back? Such a good question. Um, I mean, yeah, most heartbreaking, worst loss of, of my hockey career. Um, you know, up until that point, I've been fortunate in, in my life that that was one of the worst things that's ever happened to me. I was completely heartbroken. I took it incredibly personal. Um, as you said, you know, being the captain of that team, I did not let myself off the hook. I, I pointed the finger at myself for months after that. You know, you couldn't lead your team to a gold medal. What did you do? Um, it was tough. It was really tough. And um, the biggest thing for me, two big things after one, I had to decide, was I going to do this again? They'd come up ultimate goal twice. Um, you know, I was told my world felt flipped upside down. Um, and I needed to like, look myself in the mirror and figure out, okay, like, what are you, what are you made of? Um, are you going to do this again? But again, how are you going to do it different? How are you going to lead differently? How are you going to engage with your teammates differently, play you know, prepare differently. Um, and that was a big motto of our team moving forward. You know, you, you can't stay the same and expect a different result. You have to evolve, you have to change. Um, and we all did. And so, you know, once I, I, I took off for a little bit, I went to Europe, I went on a, was in England, Ireland, you know, who knew if I was going to come back, but um, you know, I did, obviously, I, you know, as I mentioned, I wanted to win a gold medal and I, I wanted to help lead that team and our program and our country um, you know, that gold medal. And so as a group and as a team and a program, um, we just, we transformed in those four years, we all had those difficult discussions, you know, whether it was with teammates or staff or ourselves in the mirror, um, we had to dig deep, you know, we changed, we battled with each other. We battled with staff battled, you know, with opponents. It was a, um, it was a really telling, like I said, I use the word transformative because that's the best word I can think of. Um, those four years, that quad, as we would call it, there was a lot of ups and downs. There was a lot of changes. Um, you know, me personally in a million different ways, 
but uh, that's what it took. And uh, we were able to achieve it as a group. It wasn't always pretty. It wasn't always easy, but we had to find that next level. We had to find that, that next, um, you know, space of discomfort and, um, you know, growth. And uh, that's what we did in, in those four years. And I know that it was um, what led us to the gold medal. Okay. So you talk about it being transformative and we transformed as a team and it took that for us to win the gold medal, but like, let's, let's get real. Let's get nitty gritty. Like, what was it? Was it you guys changing your mindset? Was it, was it uh, different systems? Was it, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's hard to get over. That's a, that's a tough one to bounce back from. So for anyone who's coming back from 2014 to the 2018 team, how, like, I know from just playing too, like when you, when you come up against that team that beat you, you're always, you're always thinking about that last game and, mm-hmm. oh, but what if this happens? Okay. We've got a lead, but what if this happens? Like, was it just, you guys just dialing mm-hmm. in on the mindset? Was it, was it, Hey, we, we've scouted this team. We know what they're going to do. We know what they're, they're going to throw at us. We got the X's and O's down, or was it just a compilation of everything put together? Well, I, I will get to that, but I'll tell you when, when we were in that gold medal final in 2018 and Marie-Philippe Poulin scored to make it two to one Canada. What I'm talking about. The whole world would have thought this U.S. team is, this U.S. team has got to be thinking, not again. This girl has been haunting us in our dreams, not again, right? We fully prepared for that moment, Hawks, that exact moment, how to respond mentally. And, And we did because you know, that, that had happened to us twice. She had scored twice to, to put them ahead in the last two Olympics and to not prepare for that moment mentally, um, you know, we would have done ourselves a disservice. So I know when that happened, when Canada was up on us, you know, late in the third period, there was not a doubt in a single mind on our team. We knew that we were prepared. We knew it was our time. Um, and to just rewind to some of the other questions when you asked, you know, was it on the ice? Was it off the ice? Was it mentally? It was everything. When I, when I think about the game of hockey, and how I've been trained in it, you know, there's the technical, the tactical, the mental, the physical, there's all those components. And we attacked each one of those components completely differently, completely differently. We changed our mental approach to the game with tons of work on, um, you know, mental skills and mental training and mental preparation and imagery and visualization. We trained our on ice. We completely transformed the way that we play the game, the way that we see the game, all of our systems, um, we changed the way that we trained off the ice. We did things we'd never done before. Um, so I can go on and on about, you know, all the changes that we made, but we completely flipped upside down every single area. And it was not easy. As you mentioned, it's not easy to do that. We have all been playing hockey for a very long time. Um, and we've been doing a lot of the same things or, you know, training in similar ways. And we were pushed outside of our comfort zone, you know, by our staff, we pushed each other out of our comfort zone. I was pushed as a lead, pushed as a leader. Um, it was a lot, but um, you know, like, who are we? And like, how do we achieve things if we don't face challenges, right? If we don't flip things upside down every once in a while, and we wanted to win a gold medal um, as a group. And, you know, we had each other in order to get there. And and that's what we did. So it's, it's funny you say that because as an observer of that 2018 and Poulin scores, I'm literally thinking, oh crap, like, (laughs) oh no. So to hear you say, like, you guys trained for this mentally, you were ready for it. Now, I, when, when I heard you say that, I put myself into like back into my hockey skates as a player. And like when you do prep for those moments, like it could happen. And if it does, 
let's prep for it. So when it happened now, I'm thinking you guys are probably excited. Like they think they have one up on us, but really totally. we've prepped for this. We're ready. Yeah. Get ready. Cause watch out. We're coming now and boom, gold medal. Mm-hmm. Like that's so cool. Yeah. Like yeah. it is. And I, and I think it's anybody crazy. who's ever played the game, whether it's elite level or even in the beer leagues and like you get scored on whatever you, you can come back. And I think that's the coolest part of, of that story and everything is that you didn't give up. You kept going and, and you guys had the same common goal, just as most do most teams do. But that X factor was just a, a compilation of everything. And I love that. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it was, it was just a, it was a team effort. It was a, it was a group effort. It was the trust. It was the preparation, the confidence. Um, I talked a little bit about it and I think it was in the um, pieces I did around my retirement, but everyone always asks like, what was the locker room like, you know, um, after, before the overtime or, you know, tied in 2018, what was the, what was there a big speech? Did you deliver a big speech? And it's like, no. And it, it was business as usual. And that was the best, that was the best part, you know, looking around the locker room, there were players that, you know, have a snack in between, they were having a snack, there was players getting treatment, you know, there was some out in the hall, retaping their sticks, there was people having conversations, goofing around, listening. it was just, you know, there's no other way to describe it as like business as usual. And I remember, like sitting, looking down in that moment and just thinking, we got this, you know, the preparation, the confidence of the group, it was, um, it was a really, really cool feeling and a cool thing to see. And I love that. And then like the tour you guys did afterwards, you know, you're on all these late night shows, you're on Ellen, you're, you know, you're just, you're seeing the world, not that you already weren't because the sport has given you that, but you know, you guys, I feel like finally were given the spotlight that you'd worked so hard for, like going back to 2017 and, and everything you'd accomplished and you'd done. And, and, and now the spotlight's on the game. It's on you guys, but you're also in turn highlighting the game. And what was that experience like for you personally? Obviously you were the captain, so you were kind of also the face and sometimes doing more interviews than others, but you're, you're human too. Like, I think people sometimes look at you and say, (laughs) Megan Duggan's life is amazing. Like she's the captain of the U.S. Olympic team. (laughs) Who wouldn't want to be Megan Duggan? But at the same time, like you've got bills to pay. You're, you're literally, you're a human being. So you have emotions, (laughs) you do have feelings and, and I'm sure they go up and down from time to time, right? It's not, it's not just rainbows and and sunshine 24 seven. So what are the ups and downs like? Like, do you have the ups and downs? Are you, are you typically more a positive person, glass half full, but in those darker moments, like how do you bring yourself back up? How do you ground yourself? Yeah. Oh man. Such, such a, um, such a great topic and uh, question. I think just to the early part, you know, watching our team be celebrated um, after we won was really special. And I think, Again, I've been doing a lot of reflecting on my career and, and time frame, and those couple of weeks they were exhausting and they were crazy. But I have vivid images of watching my teammates smile, my teammates laugh, my teammates do really funny, cool things on Ellen or Jimmy Fallon, and just I can picture all their smiles and just excitement and you know being relaxed and just enjoying um, the fruits of our labor. And that's one of the coolest images that I have. And um, you know, I was going through old pictures of, of us just enjoying being with each other and celebrating and, um, and, you know, just that's, that's one of the greatest, greatest times for sure, um, in my life. And so thankful for those memories with my teammates. 
I think, you know, to kind of spiral off of that, um, it was a long couple of weeks shortly after. And, you know, obviously you have this built up, um, you know, energy and excitement and you're, you know, you're riding high, high, high. And then we all left each other. Um, I ended up actually spending a few days at my parents' house after that. I think one night I slept for 15 or 16 hours when I got home. Um, but I did no question, you know, shortly after the Olympics go into that, like, uh, what do they call it? Like the post-Olympic low or depression or, you know, those high highs, those low lows, whether you're tired or your just emotions are all over the place. And, um, I definitely experienced that. And, you know, as you mentioned, like I'm human, let's right. I have good days. I have bad days. Um, you know, I have things that, um, are difficult or that I struggle with. Um, you know, especially I just had a baby. So talk about hormones all over the place and your emotions and you're overtired. Um, but yeah, for me, I think, um, uh, biggest thing that I feel to have um, in my whole life, I've always leaned on when in those difficult times is my support system, whether it be my wife, my family, you know, my sister, brother, mom, dad, uh, my closest best friends. Like I, I am a people person um, in a way that, yes, I'm like a bubbling person, but when I am melting down or falling apart, which yes, I do. Um, I, I need, I need my people and I am, I, I'm very, I feel fortunate and lucky to have those people in my life that are just my absolute rocks. You know, I have a handful of people in my life that I can call in full meltdown mode. Um, and I know are going to help me work through it or help me feel better or, um, you know, just lift me up in, in the way that I need. And so that, that's the best thing for me. And I've said, you know, throughout my whole career on a number of different areas, um, you know, surround yourself with people that, that support you, you know, and, and not just support you in a way that is, um, you know, encourage and, you know, pat your ass, but all the time, um, but in a way that, they, you know, they challenge you, right? You know, and they, they make you a better version of yourself. And um, so in, in many areas of my life, I'm thankful for, for that group of people. It's funny you, you say that because you do need the support of people, the ones that are going to pick you up, but you also, I find the most beneficial people in my life and this comes with wisdom too, and experience are those that trigger me are those mm -hmm. that force me to look at myself and be like, why are you making me so angry right now? And it's usually <laughs> something internal that I haven't dealt with yet that you're triggering for me. And, and whether that be an opponent on the ice or a coach or a friend or whoever it may be, like oftentimes those that trigger you are actually the most beneficial in your life. And, and if they can also support you and help you and pick you up, like, that's awesome. Like you got to keep those people close, but it's, it's nice to know that you, I, I, I know you're human, but like for others to hear <laughs> that you are human, you have bad days, you have great days, you have bad days. It's, it's part of being in this world. Like, and, and I know that's where I'm like, you and Jillian and George, like George is so lucky to have you guys as parents because you guys understand that. Like your emotional intelligence is, I think, superior to most people. And you guys are going to be able to raise this amazing human being or beings in the future. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> We're not going to go there. But it, it's it's one of those things that I, I love surrounding myself with people like yourself too, because you get it. It's not about having the most likes or, you know, being the most popular. It's about loving yourself, accepting mm -hmm. yourself. And through that process, you find what you're passionate about. You find what, you know, excites you in the morning, what gets you out of bed and, and you're able to follow through and find that. And I feel like that's what you did your whole career. At the end of the day, throughout all of this, I think that's what you found. Hockey was the game that allowed you to be who you are wholeheartedly. 
in every area of your life. It was an outlet for you to just be Megan Duggan. And, Absolutely. You know, like whether people accepted you or didn't, you didn't care. And, 100%. And, That's how I live my life. <laughs> yeah, no, so, so well put, so well put. And, um, you know, just even circling back to like the first question you asked about, you know, do you think hockey will shape you being a mom or this and that? And it's just, yeah, it's like hockey, hockey's allowed me to, to grow up to self, to shape me into who I was, am, um, and, and I'm thankful for that. And, you know, I've obviously had my ups and downs, you know, I've, I've worked really hard in, in different areas, but, um, but yes, I'm, I, I gave it my all. Um, I will continue to give it my all and it's been incredibly rewarding in those areas. I love that. I love that. I'm pretty sure George is probably waking up from his nap or you're going to have to go be a mom at some point. So we'll we'll wrap it up here so that you can uh, go put on your other mom hat at this point. But I I have to ask, which I usually wrap up most of my podcasts with this question is if you could go back to when you were a little girl and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? Oh man, this is, this is always one that I like, I love to answer. I love to think about myself as like this bratty little kid that probably needed a smack upside the head, but um, I would think, I, I think the biggest thing that I've, two things that I've learned throughout my career, um, that I wish I knew when I was a kid, but no kids know this kind of thing, but is one, you're going to make a million mistakes, like a million mistakes. There's every game, every practice, every day in your life. And I'm a super type A personality. Um, you know, definitely like want to be a perfectionist, but have learned that like no day and nothing is perfect. And obviously how you respond, how you learn, how you grow and get better um, at everything on the ice, off the ice is, you know, that's what's most important, not being perfect all the time. Um, And that's something that I've definitely been challenged in and had to learn um, a lot along the way. And then I think just uh, the other thing is in regards to leadership is that, um, you know, um, but your, you know, your team, your teammates, how they feel, how they respond, how they act, like that is the most important. And as a leader, you have to be in tune with that stuff. You have to understand that and necessarily all the time, you know, we all have this goal that we want to achieve together and we all go about it in a different way and that's okay. And, you know, as the type A personality, as the perfectionist that I, I, um, I've learned and I can take away from, you know, my career, um, and definitely something I would, you know, continue to share with young, aspiring athletes, Olympians, leaders, whatever, whatever they, they want. Mags, that was spot on. It, it, I, I hope everyone who was listening right now, hears what, what Megan just said. And it's true. Like everyone does learn differently too. And that's like kind of the biggest thing that I just took is, is you've got to, as a leader, you got to be able to adapt, right? You've mm-hmm. got to, you know, if people are driven by points, you got to, as a coach, you got to be able to understand that. So reinforce that if, if people need to be reamed out in front of people, like some people thrive on that and like, yeah, make me an example. Other people, you got to pull me aside and, and talk to me and not ream me out. And, and I think that's huge. And Megan, I can talk to you for hours, but I think <laughs> we're, we're not going to do this, but I'm going to bring you back at some point and, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more in a niche subject of something. Um, but your, your wealth of information, your, your, you're just simply you're simply amazing like not just as a hockey player but a human being and I, and I that's why I think not I think I know I value your input and your opinion because 
you see the bigger picture and, and I respect and appreciate that so much. And, and I, I want to have you back at some point. We'll, we'll talk again at another time, but thank you so much for being with us today, for giving your wisdom to those who are listening and um, just being an advocate for, for our game. Like you're, you're instrumental and, and I appreciate everything that you bring. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you. I, this has been a wonderful conversation and um, you know, back at you. I appreciate all the work that you do um, for the game, the women's game. Um, you know, the way you speak is, um, you know, it, it's, it's what people need to hear. So I appreciate you having me on. I'm happy to be a guest now and at any point. Um, just keep me posted. No, I, I appreciate it. Um, give, give, George, give George a high five. I won't uh, persuade him either way, Canada or US. We'll let him make that choice when, when he's ready. And uh, everyone else listening, thank you so much. Appreciate you tuning in. And until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep chasing your dreams. <laughs>